Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out our program today, I uh, wanted to talk about fine dining. Uh, someone has always suggested that we should have a Boyd's Bites section of uh, the program where we can uh, just sample lots of good food. Uh, but many of you who know me know that I've I've often said that you can eat with anybody and food is really just fuel, but you can only dine with extraordinary people. And I've experienced that. I've lived that over the years. It, it's true. Uh, you can eat with anybody. Food's just fuel, but you can only dine with really extraordinary people. And fine dining is not about location or cuisine. It's dependent on the people you're with people who are around the table and the kind of conversation and the kind of intentional uh, focus you have uh, for each other uh, and for the experience. And I just think that's a a really crucial thing. Again, another thing that we are losing in the world, uh, fewer and fewer families uh, eat dinner together, fewer and fewer friends are gathering to to eat uh, and dine and have these conversations that, that really matter. Uh, but there's there's powerful opportunities uh, in dining and food as a way uh, to come together. Uh, some of you may remember uh, just before Thanksgiving, Tim Shriver uh, was here in the state of Utah, and he actually had a uh, a meal, some fine dining uh, with some BYU students just before. Uh, and uh, we sat down with with Tim and we talked about his experience with a very Utah dining experience: funeral potatoes. Well, you know, it's funny that you say funeral potatoes and everybody laughs and people I, – I got a really nice uh, two to four helpings for dinner. Uh, that almost you, makes you a Utah. I'm, almost. I'm, I know. I'm close. But here's – you know, like, of course, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm like a carpenter. You always bring it back to your own issue. You, if it's a, if everything's a, a nail. The interesting thing about it, boy, to me was as people were describing this mm. tradition – they were describing the way in which food, the preparation of food, mm-hmm. is ritualized around the process of grief and the process of yeah. solidarity and the process of shouldering and sharing yeah. someone else's pain. And that this this dish has become a symbol of the community responding to the needs of yeah. another uh, person in a moment of struggle and trial. And, you know, so it's not a it's not surprising that if you talk to people of Italian descent, you'll find out about Italian food. Or you yeah. talk to people of African descent, you'll find out about African traditions or Greek traditions or Irish traditions or French, What doesn't matter what. And a lot of times they come back to meals, yeah. the coming together that meals provide and the moments in people's journeys in which the meal 
defines the coming together of their family or their community. We're about to have Thanksgiving. What is, I mean, everything we look at at Thanksgiving has something to do with the coming together. And the pain people feel is the person who's not there. Mm. The someone who was at Thanksgiving last year, who's no longer with us. All of these traditions are part of the process of creating common ground unity. And, you know, as a country, I, I just felt to myself when I was eating those funeral potatoes, I was like, you know, this is something, this is, this could be something that yeah. unites people. Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, you know, I never heard of it, but what a beautiful, what a beautiful gift to the country. Yeah. To say, you know, someone will say, well, we have to unite around politics. Well, maybe not. Maybe yeah. we have to unite around food. <laughs> so all of those opportunities for dining to come to the table, it is the gathering. And if you think about uh, everything that has taken place uh, really since Thanksgiving, uh, and of course, you've got Hanukkah celebrations, and you've got Christmas celebrations, and Kwanzaa celebrations, and so many of them are centered uh, in a meal, in a gathering, in a coming together, in dining. Uh, and yet, I think that uh, so often we think about dining uh, as if we it had to be a five-star restaurant with the fancy linen and the china and all of those things. Uh, and it it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, and even those who even struggle to uh, to get a evening meal together uh, as a family or as a household, uh, there's there's simple ways to do that because again, it's not about the food uh, or the plates. Uh, it's about who's around the table and that coming together. I actually found a, a really interesting passage. Uh, it's in the New Testament. Uh, I had never really looked at it this way before. Uh, so you may be familiar with the the setting uh, after uh, the Savior was uh, was crucified and resurrected. Uh, the uh, apostles are out there on their boat again, and and Jesus is on the seashore, and they recognize uh, him, and they rush to the shore, and he says, "Come and dine." I thought now that's interesting. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there was no uh, big table set up. I'm sure there was no linen. I'm sure there were no goblets or anything. This was probably a fire uh, and some sticks and some fish. Uh, but he said, "Come and dine." Uh, and then it goes on to say that after they had dined, then then they got into a serious conversation. He asked Peter some pretty challenging questions about where his focus was, where his priorities were. Uh, and so I think about that in terms of an experience. Uh, and part of having a dining experience, again, location doesn't matter, and even the food doesn't matter as much. The one thing that does matter is that you're focused. Uh, for the conversation to really be elevated and for those who are there to be fully engaged in that, to be present to the moment, I think, is is what dining is about. Uh, so I'm sure in this biblical account, uh, I'm sure nobody was sitting there uh, around the fire eating the fishes with Jesus, you know, looking at their their watch, uh, wondering, you know, how long this was going to take or, uh, you know, checking for messages or uh, trying to figure out, well, we still got some work to do. Uh, they were present. They were very focused. And that kind of being intentional and being present, uh, I think, is so crucial for any dining experience. Uh, I really do believe that we would all do well to follow just a really simple motto of take your digital devices, all your screens, and just set them aside for one hour a day, one day a week, and one week a year. And I guarantee you within that, 
you will have dining experiences. Now, that doesn't mean that every time you have a family dinner, it's all going to be pleasant and wonderful and the kids are going to behave and everything's going to go according to plan. Uh, That's not what it's about either. It's about being intentional to say, you know what, we are going to dine together or I'm going to invite someone to come and dine with me because we're going to put everything else aside. We're going to have some food in front of us. But the most important thing we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation. Uh, I've shared on this program before, probably the finest dining experience of my entire life happened every Saturday around a kitchen countertop with all of my siblings and my dad making pancakes. It was fine dining of the highest order. Now, we had squabbles. We had arguments over who got the last pancake and, you know, who used too much syrup. We had all of those for sure. But it was a dining experience because during that time, my dad was talking to us. More importantly, he was listening. He was asking questions. He was engaging us. And he expected us to do the same. And so it was fine dining. Uh, I've had fine dining at burger joints and even over a bowl of popcorn. Uh, Fine dining is about being present and having an elevated conversation with someone you're curious about, someone you care about. Uh, And so it's it's important for us as we roll into the new year to be a little more intentional uh, in terms of that. I'll I'll go back to where I started. You know, you can you can eat with anybody. Uh, And sometimes I think that's what we've turned into. Uh, We're racing and chasing so often Uh, That we're, you know, we're pulling through the drive-thru and everybody's just grabbing and going and we just continue to go. Even when we sit down at home, the TV's on, everyone's got their phones and their devices, nobody's paying attention and we're missing a moment. We're actually missing a fine dining experience. And so that is my fine dining tip and strategy for you for the new year is just create space to dine. Invite the people that you love, that you care about. Say, come and dine. Come and dine with me tonight. And then focus. Be present. Elevate the conversation. Listen. Ask good questions. Because remember, you can eat with anybody. Food is just fuel. But you can only dine with extraordinary people. And do it intentionally. Do some fine dining. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.